Hello there and welcome. I'm Kate Kunkel, the founder of Brain Health Matters, a series of courses, programs, books, and videos just like this, where everything is designed to help you become healthier so your brain can be happier and stronger. And in honor of this beautiful month of February, which is American Heart Month, we're going to be talking about ways to improve your heart health so that you can have a healthier brain. One of these ways, of course, is movement. So I've invited a holistic health coach and fitness expert, Holly Wade, to share her wisdom on our first show of this month. Welcome, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be great. So folks, Holly Wade uses what she's learned from her own journey and her 30 years in the fitness industry to help people with Crohn's disease and other afflictions to increase energy, decrease pain and discomfort and take back their health so they can live a meaningful life. I'm so excited to share what you have to say here, Holly. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure. So I'd like to tell our viewers that Holly and I are both coaches in a wonderful new program called Wellness Clusters. I'm there, of course, because of my work with rheumatoid arthritis and brain issues. Holly, what's your specialty? Um, I work on gut health. So living with Crohn's, I have learned a lot about the gut and then stress management because those two things go hand in hand. They certainly do for a, for a healthier gut. Yeah. So um, stress management and a healthy gut are one thing, but how do you think that might connect with the brain? Cause you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, like what's that got to do with the brain? <laughs> well, as you know, there's a gut brain access or access, excuse me. Um, and we have this thing called the vagus nerve that attaches or connects our brain to our gut. So our gut has its own nervous system. Um, and can operate on its own. Um, however, there is a direct connection. And if things are awry in the gut, those same chemicals are awry in the brain. If those chemicals are awry in the brain, those same chemicals are awry in the gut. So your dopamine, serotonin, all those things um, are off in both places. It's really fascinating because I don't know, I didn't grow up knowing that those chemicals were in my gut. You know, it was one of those things that I learned as I was trying to understand my own dis-ease. And it was like, oh my gosh, these light bulbs started to come on and to this, how intricate and how amazing and how wonderful our bodies are. Yeah. Isn't that something? And I mean, I certainly didn't know any of that stuff either. And I don't think a lot of people did, even the, the medical community for, for, decades, centuries, perhaps didn't understand the importance of that connection. And yeah. it's just we're actually lucky that we're living in a time now where we can understand that so that we can if we are suffering from depression or other mental health issues, or we're not able to think clearly, well, maybe the reason is in our belly. And if we can start there. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. happen. It's not always a complicated solution, um, which is what's really wonderful. Exactly. So the other thing, um, and I want actually, let's go to first to why you uh, became interested in this, because we all have our stories, right? I have my rheumatoid arthritis story. What happened to you that got you interested in this? Yeah, well, um, when I was in seventh grade, my dad was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And what I had observed through his experience was um, you know, we'll do surgery, we'll remove it. 
Well, within five months, he had more areas. Um, and then it was just a, a, here's the next medication. Here's the, this one's going to work. This one's, so he, what I really feel like is he was a medical lab rat. And so when I was in college, I started experiencing extreme fatigue, uh, gut issues. I was a fitness person. I was working at our gym and teaching classes and personal training, but I couldn't get off the couch on the weekend. Um, and my mom knew my mom had it pegged from the get-go, the dark circles, the, all the signs, the cold fingertips, the cold hands, the, uh, temperature fluctuations. So my mom had it pegged, but we were at a time where my, my family doctor said, you know what, we're not going to pursue a diagnosis yet because she would not be able to get her own health insurance. <clears throat> so at that time I would have had a pre-existing condition had I gotten a diagnosis. Is that as tragic? Is that crazy that a system is built so that you have to suffer so that you can ultimately get help? That is insanity. Yeah. So, but thankfully my doctor thought about that. Yes. Yes. However, when the time came and I had my first big girl job and my own health insurance and I could start pursuing this, it was a two and a half year journey to get to a doctor that took me seriously enough to do the tests that we needed. Blood work would come back just like most people with autoimmunes. My blood back, my blood work came back normal. Um, so I prayed, I was desperate and I prayed. I thought, I don't want to go through what my dad went through. I don't want that approach. There has to be a different way. God, I want a healer, not a doctor. Well, what was interesting is I went to my chiropractor and she goes, I have someone I want you to see. So when I left, I grabbed the business card. I went home. I called this woman. We set the appointment and she goes, oh, by the way, I don't work at my office that day. I work out of my home. Here's the address. She lived right across the street from me. Wow. How do you love that? So for the next four years, every Sunday morning, I got up, I went across the street and had her, you know, do her, her work on me and, and um, so that, that really is where I started to um, dive deeper into nutrition, how to heal my body, toxicity, chakras, meditation. Uh, I switched from hit it hard in the fitness world because that was my background, you know, kickboxing cycle, all those things were the, the thing back then. And, and yoga was just starting to come in as more mainstream. And so um, I took Pilates and yoga and that, that took me into this whole different philosophy of how I could move my body and be healthy. That is such a perfect segue into, into the rest of our conversation then, because I think a lot of people, and I'm one of them, when I first started looking after myself better, when I was, um, I figured out that it was rheumatoid arthritis and it actually took a doctor of Chinese medicine to figure out what was going on. So, mm. yeah. So we figured that out and she said, you have to exercise. So of course, like you, the only thing I knew was, you know, hit it hard kind of stuff, but I couldn't do it. My joints, it just did not work at all. So I had to just start by walking and then I got more into yoga because I'd done it since I was 16. But you know how you kind of go ebb and flow in the, the world of it. And so yeah. I'd kind of ebbed and I went back to that. 
but I, I'd like to go back a little bit to your symptoms, because I'm sure there are going to be people who are watching this, who are mm-hmm. struggling, and they don't understand what the symptoms are, their physician might not, or maybe they don't have access to a physician. We have right. telemedicine everywhere, we have all kinds of weird stuff going on. So if you could describe your symptoms, and what might it be a typical thing, and then we can go from there. Yeah, well, for me, um, I was constipated. Um, it can go either way. Mm. Uh, but for me, it was constipation. Um, like I said, my fingertips were cold all the time. I would shake people's hands and they're like, Oh, your hands are cold. And I just say cold hands, warm heart, you know, (laughs) no, that was just how it was. Uh, But my hands were always cold, dark circles under my eyes. Um, and, and what's really interesting, our eyes tell us so much my eye color would change. So my eyes are generally a green or a hazel that's more green. But when I was really toxic, they would turn more of a gold color. Now, I didn't know at the time that it was toxicity. But but those pupils tell you, you know, eye color was telling me something. Um, my hair was falling out and I have a lot of hair. Yeah, you do. My nails were brittle, you know, so just really subtle signs, my skin. Um, I, I always had problems with acne as, as a teenager. So that was pretty early tell, you know, pretty early on telling signs that something was off with the gut. People always say hormones, but it was my gut that was telling me things back then. Um, how about the stomach? So, so was there a lot of pain, like in your gut and so, okay. Yes. I, I would go through, um, like I would eat and I just have to take a nap and sleep for two hours to get my gut to relax enough to just let it digest, you know, rest and digest. Knowing what I know now, my body was requiring so much energy to heal. You know, wow. Um, But I was in my twenties and I'm like, what is wrong with me? You're supposed to be in your prime. You're supposed to be, I'm an athlete. I'm a, you know, I'm a fitness person. I'm supposed to be the energizer bunny. And so it was really creating a mental, um, as the, the physical was creating this whole different mental state that wasn't just because my gut was off. It was really these thoughts about who I was and who I was supposed to be. That was creating some depression and some anxiety. And I can absolutely understand that. Yeah. It's a cat. And then it gets worse because then then that's affecting your gut and it's, it's this big old circle. So let's, let's get to the fitness part again, then. So you, you've, you figured out what it was. You had somebody guiding you. I would assume firstly through diet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As we know, the standard American diet, (laughs) doesn't help us. And, and we don't know what we don't know. I mean, my mom was a working mom and, um, she made a lot of homemade things, but you're still eating on the go. You know, you're still making sandwiches. You're still eating cereal. You're still eating all these things that I, I, I distinctly remember her first comment to me was no wheat, no sugar. Well, gluten-free wasn't on the shelves back then. And I'm sitting there in my head going through my daily, what I normally eat. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? 
I can see how that would be something of a shock. Yeah, I kind of went through the same thing with the with the gluten, not so much the sugar, because I wasn't really a sugar person, but the gluten, because I was married to an Italian. Holy crap. Now what do I do? <laughs> right. Well, and I lived on pasta. I was, you know, poor college students. So I was living on pasta and uh, but it was an eye opener of, oh my gosh. And then really learning. I mean, I remember going down the soup aisle thinking, okay, soup has to be one of those things that I can do and picking up a can and looking and going high fructose. I'd always looked at like calories, fat, sodium, that kind of thing, but I hadn't looked at ingredients. And I was really taking a closer look at those things and looking at it. And the second ingredient was high fructose corn syrup. And so I put that one down, picked up another one, same thing. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. So that was the wake up call to, even if you're, you think you're doing well, how much is hidden yeah. in the food supply? I, I think that is such a, a really good lesson for everybody. You know, we, I don't think anybody wants to eat badly. Everybody's doing the best they can, right? So right. we've got a, a situation where the, the food industry has made it really, really hard for us to, to, to do it in a, um, a healthy way and not be bogged down because so many people are busy. I'm lucky. I'm semi-retired. I can spend as much time as I want cooking. You know, I can do all those great things. But a lot of people, most people don't have that ability to do that. So yeah, we've, we have an issue there, right there. Back to movement now. So you get rid of wheat and sugar. For our people that are struggling with brain fog and struggling, they might have an autoimmune disease, they might not because brain fog is so common, partly from our diet, but also right now in this period of history, I think that the stress is just causing so many issues. How can moving and specifically, what kind of movement do you do that can help us? Yeah. So um, at my heart, I'm a dancer first and foremost, that is, I have been since I was little. Um, and so I'm a master trainer for body groove. So the, if you've seen it on, on Facebook and Instagram, the woman with dreads. Oh yeah. 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 She's a friend of mine. And I've known her for 17 years. Um, so I'm a part of that movement, literally. Uh, but what's so great about that is it's a mind-body approach to dance because so many things are choreographed. And so you're in your head and not in your body. But with this, the movements are so simple that you really just get to experience your body and, and help it to feel good. Um, so that's my favorite. I'm a walker. I do, I teach yoga as well. Um, but those are the big things. Uh, and, and what I love about dance is the science behind it and the research of how much it helps our brains to age well, because we're, we're firing both sides, both hemispheres. We're getting more neurons to grow and connect because we're doing different movement. Um, it's not repetitive. Social dance, when you dance with a partner, is amazing for brain because you're learning these patterns or you're you're creating these interactions that don't have a pattern. Perfect. So your body is always uh, connecting to that brain, which is what's so lovely. So I, you know, I'm I love to dance too and always have. 
back in the 80s, I was a disco dancer. But that was great, because it was very choreographed too, right? 70s and 80s, that was very, you really had to think and you were with a partner and everything. Um, I, I agree 100%. In fact, my next book is called The Musical Brain. And we'll be talking a lot about the importance of, of dance for a healthier brain. I love how you said about it, it inspires neurogenesis, we're building new neurons. Um, for people who would uh, be interested in doing this, but might be feeling like, oh my gosh, it's kind of intimidating, you know, to have to move my feet in a certain pattern, address that a little bit, would you, for, in terms of how we can um, comfortably do that for our brains? Yeah, you know, here's the thing. We danced before we walked. If you watch a baby, they connect to a rhythm because they listen to their mom's heartbeat. And so when you watch a baby, when music comes on, their feet are moving. You still have that in you. Somewhere along the way, you just didn't think you were good enough because you, it wasn't a performance. And that's what we've made dance to be. But when you think about what dance really is, when you go back to the ancient world, dancing around the fire, the tribal types of things, it's expression. In the native world, it's a dance to the creator, you know, and you're massaging mother earth while you're doing it. And so dance for me is a very spiritual experience because that's what's at the root of it. I get to move my body in this really wonderful way that feels good, but it's also this, this like, my body is really amazing and I get to be in it. And so it can be a form of a prayer, even if it's not intended in that way, that movement is, is doing something. It's changing the energy where you are. I love so that. I, I love that because, and especially when you talk about massaging mother earth, one of the things yes. I tell people to do, get out, connect with, connect, put your bare feet on the ground and, and move. You know, I talk about going along the beach here, but moving, I love that idea of moving to the groove and, and think of it, thinking of it as a connection to mother earth, because a lot of people don't have that connection. And on so many levels, it's so important. Yeah. We actually dance barefoot. Um, in groove. And, and we give people the option because not everybody can, but we really encourage it because of the, the ability to stretch out your feet. And, and if you're outside, you get that added benefit. If you're inside, you just get this benefit of, of giving your feet a break from shoes. Boy, I'm all for that. I'm actually, my mom used to call me the barefoot contestant because I hated shoes. I still hate <laughs> shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, that that's a really good point. Uh, also for the, the movement of the feet themselves, it has mm -hmm. to also have an impact on posture then because you're not artificially setting your body up then. Right, right. Well, um, again, from my approach with groove, but with just moving in a way that feels natural to you, you know, we've, the fitness world creates this rigidity and the alignment, you're supposed to move like this. And, but it's really about copying the instructor. And what if your body doesn't move? It probably doesn't move like the instructors because you're built differently. Right. Your body's experienced different things. You've had different injuries, you've had different. And so um, the ability to tune in to how your body actually wants to move and what feels good, will help on its own. It's really quite amazing because I, I believe our bodies are innately designed to heal. 
Yeah, I agree. When you start to tune in, you'll start to move to work out the kinks just on its own because that's how your body wants to move. Um, so I think we make it really overcomplicated when it doesn't need to be. I mean, you can <laughs> I agree. I agree. We I make mean, everything know. complicated, don't we? With all these rules and regulations and everything, it just, just go with the flow. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're doing a cat cow in yoga, as example, as an example, you just know where your spine is tight. So you're intuitively going to move to release it. You know, when you just gotta, Oh, when you've just been sitting at your desk, you know, yeah. um, so, you know, and you know, just like wiggling might just feel really good for your spine as you've been sitting. You just know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing, whether it's the diet or the exercise, this isn't rocket science. This mm-hmm. is paying attention to our bodies and, and being loose and free and happy and, and expressing joy. I think our guest last week talked a lot about joy. And I think we forget that a lot when we're looking at this, this improving our health, the joy yeah. thing gets lost somewhere because it's such a serious topic. But when you were just describing this now, I felt such joy from you of doing this movement. Which is the... A really nice way to tie up heart health month because the heart is all about joy. Mm -hmm. That is the heart space. And when we, um, for your, for your listeners, your heart emits six feet from you. And so you have this bubble of space that is six feet all around you. And when we tune into those emotions like love and joy, and it's not crazy, all you have to do is think about, well, what's something that I really love doing? Your heart instantly changes to that heartbeat. Your heartbeat creates a shape for each emotion. Yes, it does. Um, As does your brain. When you think about you know, someone that you really love, maybe it's your grandkids or your kids or your dog, but someone that you really love, your heart instantly shifts. And so when you, when you can spend time just focusing on that heart space in that, or doing those things for me, dance is joy. And this shape helps to reinforce that because when we're in joy, the heart's open and lifted, you know? And so when we start to transmit that, guess what? We are generating health. Oh, Holly, that that is like the best place to end this interview. I, you know, if people don't want to get up and dance now, well, try it. <laughs> just That's just right. try just it. Turn on music you love. Just turn on music you love. Pretend you're 12 or 16 in your room with your brush, dancing and singing <laughs> and have your own little dance party. That's all it takes. You don't have to be good because no one cares. Exactly. Dance like nobody's watching. Yep. Yep. pull those blinds, blast your music, and just have the time of your life. I have to share something with you. I I dance in the pool every day, because I I can swim, of course, I can do lengths, but wow, how boring is that? So now we have one of those little Bluetooth speakers, so I can put it out by the pool, I put whatever happens to be striking me that day. And I put I'm sure our guests because we have a little Osteria here. So there are people here that that are guests. And I'm sure they must think this gringa is like totally nuts sometimes, but I don't care. I really, that's the way I like to, and I also like the resistance from the water. Water is very important to me, especially for rheumatoid arthritis, even though I haven't had symptoms in years. Yes, exactly. And it's a little bit of resistance while I'm dancing. And I just, I don't care anymore. I'm 64 years old. If you don't like it too bad. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
honestly, that's one of the, our groove truth. We have five. I'll just ah. share the first one. The main one is no one cares how you dance. No one cares what you look like when you dance. And when you think about that and how that applies to so many aspects of life, you know, how often do we hold back because we think it, we're so worried about what other people think, right? Instead of really right. just honoring what we think of ourselves. Right. Can you share the other four? I'm curious now. Yeah. So no one cares what you look like. Uh, your way is the right way. When you do it your way, you can't get it wrong. Um, oh gosh, I'm blanking. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. So you don't really know or understand something until you've applied it. Mm -hmm. um, you are unique. So you should, should look that way, embrace it. Oh, I love that. Uh, and what's the last one? Oh, this is the one I always, oh, no one can do it for you. Ah, yeah, true enough. No one can do it for you. Yeah, it's so simple that that's the one I always forget. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it's the truth of everything, right? When it, whether it's your brain health, your gut health, whatever it is, nobody can do it for you. Like those right. five things in, in groove are pretty well, like the, the, the standard for living universal truths. Yeah. 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 Universal truths. Holly, how can people work with you or reach out to you? To, I, well, um, do you teach online or, or is, is it just a groove group that does that? No. Um, so I, I haven't taken my groove classes online yet. Um, but I do teach yoga classes on Sunday evenings, 7 PM mountain time, 9 PM Eastern. It's a gentle yoga class to help you unwind and get a good night's sleep. Uh, so if you're interested in that, I, I'll just send, I just send the zoom link every week to the people that say, sign me up. Okay. Um, and it's just a donation base. Oh, so for wonderful! That that have the ability to to pay, great. And if you don't, don't let that stop you. Oh, so that's so. That's awesome. So to to reach you, then would it be through Facebook or what's the best that's way the to get best hold of way. you? Yep. Okay, just find me on Facebook. Um, I'll make sure there's a link to your profile, okay? And that perfect. way, people can find you. We'll put that perfect. in the show notes. Holly yep. Wade, thank you so much for sharing the joy of dancing on Heart Month, uh, American Heart Month. And um, yeah, I, I really appreciate uh, what you said in, in terms of joy. We, it's all about the joy of movement and of dance and getting in touch with yourself. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking me to come on. It's an honor. Great. My pleasure.